I always do. I got something to say. You know I do. Of course. You can't shut me up. <laughs> Nor, uh, yeah, my my life would become infinitely more uh, short shorter if if I did. <laughs> anyway. You are listening to episode 73 of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable. My name is Ryan. And I'm Scarlett. And this is the Stream of Consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. And it's also adult-oriented. Includes language and material may not be suitable for kids under 18. Uh, we definitely encourage feedback. Uh, the easy way to do that is post a comment on our website, hovpodcast.net. And you can find us on Twitter at hovpodcast. And we're also on Facebook. It's at facebook.com forward slash honest.open.vulnerable. And you can leave us an email at hovpodcast at gmail.com. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 231-846-8420. You can find my blog at inscarletstorm.wordpress.com. And I actually have something um, that's relatively updated. Um, You can find my, uh, you can find me on Twitter at inscarletstorm. And you can also find me on Twitter at inspiration underscore FLO. And we uh, made the announcement in our previous episode that uh, we'll be making a few tweaks to our format a little bit. Um, We... I'll, I'll kind of uh, give give it a little uh, bit of an in- intro here. So, uh, my friend uh, Matthew, who I've who I've known is, uh, I mean, ever, ever since I've known him, he's all he's always been really into writing, and I've, I I know you've uh, participated in uh, Nano Remo uh, a few a, f- a few times, and um, on I don't know if you revealed uh, if you revealed it on uh, one of the on one of the episodes you were on or if it was you if it was off air <laughs> off air like we're a radio station <laughs> but but um you you had uh, told us that you were uh kind of a little um you hadn't writ- you hadn't written any anything for some for some for some time and you were starting a a uh, new in- project on Instagram and you know I thought I would Find find a way to uh, help s- support my friend here. So um, once once a month he'll stop he'll stop in, or uh, otherwise known as every other episode. And I, I thought you know we'd have have him uh, share uh, a, a number of posts. Um, then whatever number will be up to him. <laughs> um, so uh, and what, whether it be like his you know personal favorites or hey this this one uh, gar- garnered uh, a lot of responses or this hey, this one kind of made me stop stop and think think uh, after after i wrote it or 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 whatnot so uh we'll do um so once once a month when he comes in we'll kind of start start we'll call it uh matthew's writing corner so um so yeah <laughs> there, there, there's your intro so um i i know you uh mentioned off, off uh 
for the show that uh, you kind of went with a theme in uh, June. Uh, yes, actually. Uh, well, thank you for that uh, for that introduction. Uh, saves me for him to think of my own cheesy introduction, like longtime listener, first time caller, or friend of the show, or <laughs> something to that effect. But uh, yes, uh, as as Ryan has mentioned, ever since uh, he's known me, uh, I've fancied myself as having a way with words, and uh, it's uh, always been my uh, my desire to really be uh, really be a writer, and of course. Uh, as we grow older and uh, find our way in the world, there's that need, you know, to have a roof over your head and food in your mouth and <laughs> be able to provide for yourself. So unfor- right. unfortunately, you know, that, that was something that needed to take a little bit of a, a side seat while I actually started my money making career with, uh, you know, to make those uh, achieve those ends if you will so now in uh, 2016 i'm finally starting to make good on what i've wanted to do with my life and trying to get my words out into the atmosphere and hopefully that they start to resonate and it's easier to do now than when we uh when we were younger as to being able to write up your manuscripts and generate your letters of query and find a publishing house and uh, deal with uh, the trial and error of agents and publication, things of that sort. In the digital world, it's a lot easier to self-publish. Oh, absolutely. So not, and there's no uh, discredit with trying to continue to maintain that route because it is definitely something that is viable. But in the digital world, and I recognized this years ago where print media is ultimately going to transition as we live in this digital age and I felt that going into the self-publication through social media was going to be a more flexible avenue for me to pursue hence why uh, the last time that I was on the podcast I mentioned this pro- this project and I appreciate having this opportunity to uh, talk about this with, uh, with Scarlett and Ryan and I'm very thankful for having this uh, forum to do that uh, I started this in uh, in in mid May, so it's something that I wanted to give myself the uh, I don't want to call it the uh, the assignment, but I wanted to task myself to continually put new words and new wor- new worlds, if you will, into the uh, into the atmosphere. Not necessarily f- for the purposes of making a making a dollar. It's to give the audience, whoever sees these things, whoever you are, whatever walk of life you, you lead. If you can find something in my words or the worlds I paint and it resonates with you, that's, that essentially is my goal to give you something that you can identify with. And it inspires you. It evokes a feeling in you, whether for good, whether for neutral, for ill or whatever, it's up to you. So, that's as what artists want to do, whether it's in a visual medium, whether it's in an auditory medium, or whether it's in a hybrid type of medium. So being able to do something on a daily basis in the social media realm. Right now, I'm I'm focusing on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Matthew Scribbles, all one word. And so far, the uh, 
the re the response has been very supportive. It's been very good. Uh, I was trying to throughout the month of June to circle back to Ryan's lead in about a theme is to work on a theme of as we are in the summer, summer is warm. And you think of summer romances and relationships of, you know, that you have. And I wanted to go with the theme of a summer of love, but I wanted to turn it on its head because when you get into summer, you think of, well, warm weather, you're out, you know, enjoying the, you know, nice day and things of that sort. So I wanted to make it something warm, something not necessarily full of, you know, too sugary, too sweet, too sappy. I wanted to turn it on its head and I wanted to make it all those things that you feel in romance, but to spice it up a little bit. Okay. And give yourself that kind of, when you read, when you read like, it. Like poetic porn? Uh, <laughs> if you will. More like erotica, almost. Yeah, if you will. And okay. And, and, and not to make it too salacious of overly graphic descriptions of sexual acts or anything like that, but to make it more... To, to spice it up, you engage your senses, use color, use pacing, use rhyming, a lot of literary tools, which is, of course, the whole reason why I went to school is to, you know, learn these types of constructs and themes. So that way you can use metaphor of, oh, what does the color red mean to you? Does it evoke something warm? Is it something that makes your heart beat? Is it something that you feel when you exercise and you've worked out? What does the color green I mean, is it something cool? Is it something that evokes something calm? Is it something else? What is the color black? Is it night? Is it secrecy? Is it something that you hold close, you know, close to you? Is it something you only share with one person, a select group? Just exploring a whole bunch of different avenues of how words and w wordplay works in this medium. Okay. So I won't, I won't so lie. It's not, and so say, it's not, so it's not necessarily graphic and it's, it's just, you're just using met metaphor and not, not, and like non sexual kind of Im Im imagery to evoke, to evoke that, that kind of emotion from them. It's a little bit of column A. It's a little bit of column B. Okay. And I'll give you, uh, I'll, I'll read one of the examples that, um, uh, I'll read one of my poems as an example of that. So, okay. If you will give me just one moment, I'll see if I can find a good one. Uh, here, this this is one that I published on the seventeenth of June, and this is dealing more with not necessarily the physical aspects and attributes of of eroticism. This is more engaging the mind because the theater of the mind is a concept that I really think is viable. And I've always been one. Well, I've always been a fan of that phrase. So, yeah. Uh, so this is this is my poem that I wrote in, uh, you know, in the middle of the month. It's called "Theater of the Mind." Go figure. And so this is here we go. This is it. You won't charm me with painted nails or lips, nor mini skirts tight around the curves of your hips. You won't win me with the blink of your eye, nor the swell of your breasts. I'll admit, though, nice try. I won't fawn when you saunter on your stiletto point heel. Your made-up appearance won't cause my passions reveal. Spin tales complex, full of wit, and you'll find a cat-and-mouse chase steeped in the theater of the mind. Show me how limber your banter can be as each hushed word probes deeper 
beckoning me with each verbal spar, Harry and double entendre, urging to expose you much further beyond the roots of your words and the source of their might. Let's take this battle of wills to a dizzying height. Capture my thoughts and seduce my mind, waiting through every desire you find, while I commit to memory each of your unspoken needs, exploring every last one to elicit sharp wanton pleads. This is the course that you'll have to chart, for only your words will unlock the door to my heart. Right on. That was really good. Thank you. So, again, it's not something that I want to deal with the salacious undertones that one normally thinks of when you hear the term erotic or erotica. Just something that's different. Something that exposes more of not just the physical uh, aspects of what can engage a person, but to say, hey, there's more than one way to, there's more than one way. Get into my mind. Engage me. Talk to me. Get me to chase you mentally if i can get into that dance with Mm -hmm. someone else about engaging me on a mental level then that solely on a physical level once you have that mental uh connection the physical stuff is still gonna be there it's all gonna fall into place but you just have it in a more uh more depth if you will yeah absolutely so I, w- I wanted to write that one just mainly because I wanted to not be uh, typecast or pigeonholed as the guy that just writes the, the dirty poetry on Instagram. Yeah, because you're totally not that guy. I mean, you're, I mean I've, I've read a number of your pieces and you're kind of like all over the map as far as what you like to write about. Yeah, and I won't, you know, like I said, I won't, I'm not going to lie and say there, there isn't some stuff that's going to get you feeling, feeling a little bit, a little bit hot under the collar, if you will, in a good way. But I didn't want, I don't want that to be the whole focus of, of what I'm doing. So, uh, in that vein, I wrote one for, for Father's Day that isn't necessarily in any sort of erotic, tones at all it's mainly because i wanted to expose another dimension of what love means in regards to how it relates to family and while we think of father's day as okay you get your dad you know the the set of titleist golf balls titleist didn't pay me to say that by the way uh, (laughs) or the uh or you get him a tie or you cook you know you cook out on the barbecue or any of that stuff you go do any of that stuff you go fish or whatever things things you associate with the stereotype of what dads do so having and and Ryan of course knows this from having known me for so long uh there's a uh, things that have happened in my life about uh the uh in in my time about having that father relationship and I wanted to write this piece to speak to other folks who've grown up also with similar backgrounds and things that they've experienced in their lives that maybe they didn't have that type of relationship or they couldn't you know, go fishing and have the the intimate talks on the boat with dad or have them, you know, learn to drive together or things like that. So I wrote this one. This was a, this is a poem called Three Letters. And here we go. Three letters do not make you a man if for the sake of your children, you don't do what you can to mold them and shape their fertile young lives, nourish their spirits and inspire their drives. Will you give them the courage to do what is right? 
or will you turn tail and run, hiding far out of sight, leaving the job that you were meant to do in the hands of people more capable than you? Three letters do not excuse you one bit to be absent when children need a place just to sit, to talk of spaceships and curveballs they've started to pitch, or surgical wounds they just learned how to stitch. Will you be that patient and comforting ear, or did something come up but tomorrow night, dear? Be lasting impressions now left behind in the scrapbooks of once impressionable minds. Three letters can mean the whole world to a child, now grown carrying patchworks of memories filed, of places and moments where they knew who came through and knew that one of them could have been you. The holes in their hearts others stepped up to fill, giving more love and care than your three letters ever will. I, th- I think that that really kind of in, encapsulates the like the essence of being a dad, because pretty pretty much I mean you throw 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 rocks spit spitball pretty much any any guy can be a father. I mean it takes a two minute mistake to become a father, but it takes a lot of effort and and work and and love to to actually earn the title of oh, dad. A t- dad's a title. I mean, dad's, dad's a, I remember, I remember when, well, I'll I'll apply it to my mother. My biological mother, um, was unable unable to take care of me. So my stepmother, um, raised me. And when I had, when I had the opportunity to meet my biological mother, I took that opportunity and it freaked my mom out big time. And I told, I had to tell my mom, you know, mom, just because I'm going to go meet this woman, she's not my mom. She doesn't replace you. You have battle scars to prove that you are my mom. And I think that it, I think that my dad had those same battle scars to prove that he raised my step, my stepbrother. So yeah, I, every word of that I could, I could resonate with only for another step parent. Sure. So, yeah, I could definitely relate to every word of that. And I can also apply it to my, my brother when, unfortunately it was after my father passed away that I think that it kind of clicked with him that he, he, he refers to my dad as our father, but he never did that when my dad was alive mm-hmm. and he regrets it. And he says, you know, our dad now, and he's like, and he even says, I wish that I had just appreciated it more when he was alive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it took him a while <laughs> to figure that out. But every word of that, I can resonate with that. And I think a lot of people who didn't grow up in the traditional nuclear family and have had the blended family experience or were raised by a single parent can find something to identify in that oh, oh yeah i certainly can um my my mom what uh when she had me was she she was really young like she was a she was going to university of minnesota and she had me when she was a freshman and uh, and so she dropped out of school and you know so she have the time and energy and whatnot to help raise me and so i had another uh, an, another up uh, a number of uh <laughs> father figures and i mean i i've over the over the years i mean i i'm i'm sh- i'm sure i've 
lamented to, you know, it was like, yeah, I never had a, you know, I've never had that experience of grow, growing up with one dad. But every every one of the men that my mom ended up mar- marrying at ver- at various sta- stages in my life, they were all, I mean, they they were all trying to be dad. You know, they, they weren't just some, you know, so yeah, I, I can, and, and, you know, in, in their, in their own way, they kind of, you know, made, made their own effort to, you know, be a dad to me, even though they knew, okay, this is, this is not biologically, this is not my kid, but you know what? So yeah, I, I mean, even with my, experience of not being in a quote-unquote nuclear family and pretty much being ra- raised by a s- single parent even though it technically wasn't single but i mean any, any i mean yeah i can definitely resonate with what with with that post and i didn't want this poem to really reflect too much of my personal experience with it i wanted it to be something that uh whatever anybody's experience was can find some identification in whether you were raised by a single parent, whether you were raised by, uh, whether you were adopted or you were a foster kid or had a blended family or anything to that, to that level where you had someone to give you that support, to give you that love, to want to sit down and talk about, you know, your, uh, your drawings of, whatever you drew that day, whether it's spaceships or kittens, or uh, if you want to flip it up, flip that on the side and talk about how anybody who's read a Calvin and Hobbes strip, whenever he built snowmen and what they turned into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just something that would uh, be able to say, yeah, that was me and say, maybe I didn't have that traditional dad, but I had someone there to at least do what a dad could have done, but did. So I I really wanted to make that one, put that one out there for people to, you know, put their minds around and identify with if they could. And I'm glad to see that a lot of folks on Instagram really did like that one a lot. So, I mean, have overall, have you gotten, gotten much of a response? Um, a lot of the response has been in the form of, I guess, the like button on, on Facebook. You like a post. So there have been a lot of folks who've liked uh, the work I've produced. I haven't had a lot of actual commentary. Uh, I did get commentary on that piece. Uh, th- there was, there was a, a very nice lady who uh, said that she really enjoyed that piece a lot. So that was, that was nice. And I, I'm trying to make an effort to anybody who does have something to actually physically say about it, you know, leave me a, a comment on it. I will try to engage and say, well, at least, or at least thank them for taking the time to read my work and to express my gratitude that they find some meaning in it or enjoyment in what they've found. Uh, there have been a couple of, uh, poets out there. Uh, one of whom, uh, did a uh, follow for follow campaign for artists. And I jumped on that right away just to do some networking. And as an author, you want to network with people who, right. Who write. So I jumped on that right away. His, uh, his handle is Samson, the poet. And I appreciate the, his, uh, his support in sharing some of my examples with his audience and starting to 
build some bridges with with his work in mind as far as saying, hey, check out his work. He's doing some really good stuff, and I've done the same for him since he took the time to do that for me. I've uh, posted a, a work of his to say, hey, he's doing this campaign. It's a follow for follow for artists. I think it's a really, uh, I think he does some really good work. You should check him out. And I did the same for another couple of artists, po another couple of poets who uh, do their work in haiku form of poetry. So uh, in the last, okay. few, the last few days, I've started doing some haiku poetry. And uh, those, uh, those poets are at SW Poem and at Little Miss Bad Raconteur and they've done some collaborations together and they're, they're both very witty. They're both very funny. And, uh, I've got, I've gotten some very good, uh, amusement out of some of their work and they're both very talented poets. And I think they're both very much worth the read. So, uh, uh, little miss batter contour has, uh, given me some gratitude for crediting her what she's done as an inspiration for this last series for this summer theme that I'm doing for June. Uh, it's a, a 70 series I'm doing called love bites and it's uh, three verses of haiku that I'm going to do to close out the month of June. So haiku has been something I've always liked, but it's something that I've never really explored a whole lot. And after reading some of their material, I've felt inspired to end this uh, monthly theme on, on that note. And having having that support has been has been has been good. I've been I've, I've been glad to have every ounce of support that has come my way. It's still I'm still in the infancy stages of building this project up, but being able to at least have the folks that have responded and saying this is good work and saying I'm doing a, a good job with whatever I'm working on has been has been help. It's been meaningful. So that's awesome. I wanted to verbalize that and say that I, I really do appreciate that type of support. And as artists, whether it's in the visual medium as authors or whether it's in the visual medium as painters or auditory form as musicians or spoken word, we need that support to keep ourselves going. It, it, it does help a lot. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Good. Actually, you've inspired me to take on a new project, um, I, which I have not put into force yet, but um, probably sometime in July it'll hit my blog. I'm going to be doing a project of my own on my blog. It will happen. <laughs> Don't look at me in that tone of voice. No, it. I, I do have a project I'm going to be doing on my blog. So. Oh, that's good. So, it there's a... It's a... It, it, uh, I subscribe to what's called the Daily Post, I guess. And what they do is um, it, they give one word prompts. And then I'm going to take that and do flash fiction. So I have several of them collected and several of them kind of going. But I haven't done anything with them yet. So I will be doing that. Um, right now I have a... I have a bigger problem <laughs> or a bigger focus going on with um, uh, just I've got stuff going on. So once that clears, I will be working on that. So that's what I'll be doing. So it's it's in the works. It's coming. Good. But you've kind of inspired me to go ahead and do that. Well, thank you. I 
I'm, I'm glad to hear that I've, I've inspired you to take up the mantle of putting some flash fiction out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've got it, I've got it going. I just haven't actually put it into practice yet, but I've got the, the project is at least started. <laughs> so. And I'd like to do at least one more if I could. Uh, okay. Absolutely. Let's see. You can do a couple more if you want. Okay, I just, I just don't want to dominate the entire podcast with just uh, oh, all of my fine. material. Uh, go ahead. That's why we have you on. So go ahead. Uh, let's see. So, so this one I kind of did a little bit of a reverse uh, effect where in, in the first poem I read about engaging the mind. Uh, this one I wanted to focus on more of kind of the masks that people wear as far as protecting their themselves from being hurt and mm -hmm. the concept of concept of vulnerability. So this one, uh, this one is called uh, stripped. So, so here we go. Take off all of your layers. You won't need them tonight. Peel them off one by one. Let me marvel at the sight of how your hair curls and spills down over your skin. You're, you modestly turn away from my grin. Trembling at, trembling at my touch, your flesh reveals desires awoken. You yield and submit with no words being spoken. Pulling you close in a sweeping embrace, brushing wisps of stray strands away from your face. The curves of your frame nestled gently beside the swell in my chest where love and passion reside, longing to fulfill your heart's every need and willing to tame your body's every aching greed. Take off all of your masks and throw them away. Mutual vulnerability is the only way. I'll give you every last drop of my soul to consume. So in you a blossom of tranquility will bloom. Fall with me into this symbiotic sphere. And I'll love you so loudly that all of our neighbors will hear. I like that. That was that's that's definitely a lot more about. Although there are a lot of uh, physical, sensual um, aspects to it, it's de it's definitely more about your about emotional vul vulnerability and you know trying trying to not to, to coax someone to. It's like, listen, I'm gonna go in this all. I'm I'm diving in diving into the deep end head head first. This only works if you all if you fall if you uh, if you if you follow suit, right? So while I I there's definitely an uh, essential bend for for these poems. It's it's more also about that emotional connection that people share because you can have you know you can have you know sex with anybody but love does not always equal sex right right and vice versa yeah exactly <laughs> so i really wanted to work in some overlapping themes because when you when you can think of you know everybody wears a mask it's hard to take off every single one especially to one person when you're in that mode of 
someone who has been hurt and has had broken relationships and has been taken advantage of, those masks just compound and get more difficult to remove as time goes on. But if you want to have that type of open relationship, those masks eventually do need to be removed. And when you find that that person that you can find that peace and that solace in to do that sort of thing, it's a very strong act to do. But once you do it, yeah, you find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you cr- you cross cross over into like an an endless and endlessly beautiful. Uh, experience that if, if 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 you had had any pretense about about you know trying uh, uh, about the that that process that you you, you don't get there and, and unless you do go whole whole hog and you know i don't whatever you know if i get hurt i get i get hurt but you know i i gotta take take all this all, all of these la- these layers off and be and and be and i i am who i i am who who and what i am mm-hmm. <laughs> warts and all and you just kind of get that you just kind of take that chance right and to quote um world-renowned philosopher captain james t kirk risk is part of the game if you're willing to if you're going to sit in that chair so if you want to have that type of relationship you have to be prepared to take a risk and that means disarming all of those defenses that you've built up and removing those walls and having someone there who's going to finding that person that's going to be there to be there on the other side when those walls come crumbling down. That's, that's going to be big. That's huge. And the sooner they come down, the easier it is. Uh-huh. Absolutely. But there are, you know, I still find myself finding walls that I didn't even know I had that I have to admit that I have sometimes. And, you know, after 10 years with Peter and four years with Ryan, that sometimes I'm like, really? This is still an issue? Really? I didn't even know that I had this problem. You know, so, you know, sometimes it's admitting that you admitting that you're even wearing a mask sometimes so yeah yeah so i i that i think that's a good good one to kind of end our our uh, inaugural uh matthew's writing corner um so are are you planning any kind of theme theme for july or um i'm still trying to figure out where i want july to go if uh if i want to start adding more elements of uh because now people see the words and they see some of the images that I can paint. I'm debating on whether I want to keep going if, with just more words or if I want to start adding more of my visual elements, like with my photography, for example, and start calling. And I was thinking of this over uh, last uh, last week or so that start blending shots of, the, of where we live, you know, shots of nature and start putting the words into the nature, the surroundings of uh, whether it's the mount, a, a shot of the mountains at the sunset or a picture of, of the you know nearby river or I don't know, ducks walking across the sidewalk or something like that uh-huh. <laughs> and start putting words to things that are part of my, you know, part of my world, but not necessarily part of uh, 
speaking of masks, giving the audience more of who I am as a person. I still want to build the words first, but perhaps there's something to be said about an audience being able to connect with the person behind the words as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of masks, I guess I have some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I'm ready to segue into, uh, uh, Denver comic con, which was, uh, last, last weekend. Um, I know we had, uh, kind of hint, hinted at, at it a little bit, but, um, your, your brother Jody and Peter didn't actually en- end up going. So, um, no, I, 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 waving something shiny in front of my brother. He, he was, he was really funny though. He was like, yeah, that sounded like a good idea at the time, but yeah, it didn't happen. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's tough to get him to focus on anything for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had some he had some personal stuff come up too. He his work schedule is all crazy right now, so he's in construction, and uh, this time of the year is kind of just crazy for him and it's crazy for peter and it's Mm -hmm. just crazy it's it's hard right now and i'm in transition with a new job and it's just it's crazy just trying to get all of our schedules and money's tight and it's just uh, crazy crazy so it just didn't happen yeah so i so i just went with uh me myself and i which is enough company as it is (laughs) (laughs) so um i i was you know look looking through the schedule and none none of none None of it really, none of the panels or events really kind of caught my interest until like the af- Friday afternoon. And so I, act- I went to a, one, one of which was a, it was a cosplay as a couple, uh, panel. It was like three, three sets of couples, um, that, that they, and one, one couple, uh, they, they're the found- founders of a nonprofit. I think it's called Cap for Kids. And the guy was drunk. He was drunk. Well, first off, all of them were in cosplay. I mean, come on. Well, <laughs> can, yeah. You know, it kind of seems automatic. And, um, he was dressed up as, uh, Cap- Captain America and she, she was Black Widow. And they, they go to like a lot of the regional, um, children's hospitals and vi- visit the kids. And they had just recently become a, like an official 501 C C three. And so they, they all had kind of their own little, um, their own perspective on, on, on things. And, uh, one, one, uh, tip that I, that I got from it, uh, that I'll share with everyone here is, uh, is beforehand kind of do kind of like talk about um like a like a gesture or something to indicate okay there's some you know someone's really you know this person that you know this stranger at at the con here is really freaking me out get me out of this <laughs> you know like you know like scratch like scratch your nose or or some something that may not appear like you know not like like you're the third base coach and doing like three or five different gestures and like okay obviously this person's trying to signal somebody <laughs> you know to kind of signal to your partner it's like uh, you know like say hey we got to you know we got to make this other panel and you know kind of shepherd them away from the creepazoid and <laughs> and um they also they also uh suggested uh 
cosplayed as uh, from uh, different fandoms. Like one person cosplayed something from Doctor Who, and someone and the other person cosplaying, uh, you know, like a Marvel character or something. That actually get actually gives you a little bit more flexibility, and you act you actually get you know one person will get you know picture requests from you know other people, and so you kind of you actually end up with a little bit more of a diverse uh, experience. And whereas if you're both cosplayed from the same fandom, you're kind of limiting yourself. But, you know, in in some cases, it would actually be better if you both cosplay as uh, from same fandom, depend, depending on how you do it, you know. Um, so that so that was real interesting. And um, I, they it was like they looked at another panel they looked at uh like sci-fi planets in sci-fi and compare them to planets that they've they've actually discovered um they started with uh, dune and they said yeah this is a lot like mars oh because so, um, at they at mars they found like some polar ice caps and so they kind of they kind of went into all of the they're well obviously i mean they're not sure if there's like some big giant worm that <laughs> that lives beneath the surface like in, in dune but um then and they compare and they also showed uh pictures of the uh i forget i forget what the name of the mission was but it happened like uh, just over the past year when they the satellite mm-hmm. passed uh, by pluto and they showed a, bu- a bunch of all the pictures that it that it took, and actually compared Pluto to Hoth. Oh, they didn't go go so far as to say they're you know they they had um, wampas. Yeah, yeah, thank you, wampas <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 all that. But you know, because it was it was a fly by night kind of thing. <laughs> I'm not sure if a pun was intended there, but. <laughs> <laughs> but but they they showed you know Pluto's actually quite glacial and 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 so that um and they they had had one person asked if you know if uh if like Be- uh, Bespin would be possible a gas gas planet that was filled with human breathable air and they're like well you know early on in the Earth's history when organisms first started cropping up. Oxygen just, just hap- happened to be, you know, one the a, a byproduct of their natural, you know, biological processes, and so maybe there's like some kind of airborne creature on these gas planets that also that produce oxygen in the same way, and you know, so so that so that was interesting, and this was actually the first year that I went to the opening ceremonies on Friday night. Um, I, uh, for whatever reason, I just wasn't, you know, in, but I had, I had nothing, nothing else to do. And I, I knew that they were, uh, doing a, like an MS, the, uh, well, the mile high sci-fi was doing like an MST 3k style commentary on karate kid. So I wanted to see that. So I'm like, all right, if that's going to be part of the opening, all right, I'll go to the opening ceremonies. And in that, I actually learned that, uh, well, we all learned, <laughs> everyone that was there, not just me, <laughs> that uh, Denver Comic Con is now the fifth largest Comic Con in the U.S. No kidding. With, uh, you know, San, San Diego, New, New York Comic Con, and Salt Lake City are the top top three. Really? And... Um, 
I've, uh, they didn't mention who the fourth one was, but, uh, my, my, my guess would be Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, but don't quote me on that. That's just, that's just a guess on my part. And of the top, of the top five, Denver Comic Con is the only one that's a nonprofit. That's impressive. And this is only like the, this fifth is the fifth year? fifth year. Fifth year, yeah. Yeah, the first year was like thirty thousand people. Then they doubled that in the second year. Then it went up to just a shade over eighty eighty thousand. It was like eighty two thousand or whatever. The third year, fourth year, they like just barely eclipsed a hundred thousand. And I, um, I'm not it. Mm, I know for like like uh, it was like four days after the because that was the most recent that I that I checked this information they had not announced uh, as of four days after like just this past Thursday they had not announced announced uh, attendance numbers for this year but from my from my own ex- experience of being, being there there were at least as many people as last year if not more so which which I. Th- you know, in in five years, to skyrocket to the fifth largest Comic Con in the nation. I mean, that's 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 amazing to me. That's really impressive. And my my question to you is, uh, since you since you were able to go there, uh, I haven't been to Denver Comic Con since 2013, second year. Okay. Uh, what was how did they handle that type of volume of people? Did, were they able to still move people in and out of the corridors with? relative ease or was there a oh, lot yeah. of bottlenecking oh, yeah after um yeah i i do remember that first year at at uh the convention center they they just had they they ended up getting a whole lot more than they than they planned and they didn't the the i, I know the lines getting in were not all that organized <laughs> i'm sure you could attest to that i can relate to that absolutely <laughs> but yeah starting starting the fall the following year it was it was smooth as butter wow that i mean they're they i mean they yeah. they they learned they they learned their their le- their lessons from 2013 absolutely so I mean, even even though I mean that yeah, there there's like no really no bottle bottlenecking. So um, I didn't and um, I did not uh, go to any of the quote unquote main events and um, and from last year's Comic Con to 2015 just because it was they had they they had to change the schedule they had to bump it up to May and so a lot of the people that they had. Um, uh, tentatively ske- scheduled could no could no longer go because they you know for um, they weren't able to secure the same the same weekend so I did I I have no no idea what um, what the uh, how how they had the main main events set up but the previous year it was like just in a regular uh, like in a regular panel room or or whatever that they had they had to clear after every panel um this this year they had all the main events in the belco theater and um it it was um they they and they did not clear it every every time because there's like thousands thousands available seats um so so that so that was nice um and all uh, kind of toward, uh, at the end of opening ceremonies uh governor hickenlooper actually came came up and 
and and it did it did a nice little speech. Really? Yeah. Um. And he's. I mean, he he opened up about being a nerd himself because uh, he has. He. I mean, he has a geology degree. Right. <laughs> so I mean, you don't you don't get in get into that field without having some kind of sciency stuff going on, and how he had been bullied in you know like fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth. <laughs> he kind of went went off for and. Uh, at, and at, at one point, he st- he started talking about mental health, because I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm I, both of the other, I mean, all three of the people in this room can can relate to having mm-hmm. some kind of mental health cha- challenges and some to mm-hmm. to some to some degree, and uh, uh, I'm I'm sure that will that held held the same in the in that room, and he he mentioned that the. I, I forget what uh, what number of factor he used, but I don't know if it was like double, triple, or whatever. But in the um, he mentioned that over like the past five years, we've like du- the state of Colorado has like double or triple the amount of money they spend on me- on men- mental health, and he's like, you know, j- hey, just like just like bullying, you know, it's it's like we. Um, the only way we can end end the stigma is by talking about it. Now you know, talk. To, I mean, anybody in the office that has a cold, you'll never hear the end of it. It's like, yeah, yeah. Shut up. I heard about it at seven o'clock this morning. I know you have a cold. Shut up. But if someone's having like a bat, like like going through a depressed uh, depressed period or a panic attack or whatever, you'll never hear about it Be- because, of course, it has that stigma. So I I thought that that was really really nice that he he brought that up because really I mean that I mean I I think what the, the the stat is like I think it's like sixty or sixty five percent of the people have are dealing with mental health issues to to some degree <laughs> so you know it, I I thought I thought it was re- really good good of him to do that so. And then, uh, yeah, the, with the MST three three K duck, yeah, that very very irreverent. <laughs> like there, um, there, uh, there, there are a couple times where Mister Miyagi kind of like duck, like when, like when he came came in to fix the faucet, then he kind of uh, crouched down behind the sink. They played like a zipper sound, <laughs> so. <laughs> And then, um, when, uh, he, he, he was, uh, he was celebrating his, uh, his anniversary with his long, long dead wife and he was getting like really drunk and he had passed out. And, and so, and he did, he, you know, kind of rolled him on. He's like, that's what you do guys. You roll them onto your side. That's how Jimi Hendrix died. And like, <laughs> like everyone booed. He's like, Hey, that happened 40 some year, years ago. That was a PSA for you people. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, that, that was, um, so on both Friday and Saturday, I didn't get home until like about midnight. <laughs> and then, so, and, um, as I was looking Friday night, I was looking over the, schedule for saturday at 10 it was like 10 45 or something that they'd have um 
Alex Kingston and Jenna Coleman were scheduled in the main in the Belco theater. So I'm like, oh, geez, I'm gonna have to be all right, all right. So I had to get up at six to you know make make because I using public transit and you know all all that to make sure I get in line early enough so I could actually get in get in line and get a decent seat. And so I go th- go through all of that. I sit down and I see the sign. That, that they have up on up on stage and I'm like wait a second I, I couldn't quite read it because I was that close but I was like wait a second those name those that name doesn't look quite long enough to be either Alex Kingston or Jenna Coleman <laughs> I'm like wait and so I so I was using my tablet as uh, for the schedules and everything and I well, I wasn't having I was having trouble connecting to the internet, so I grabbed my phone and you know and you know I, I was tri- they had changed they had changed the schedule overnight. Oh no! <laughs> of course, and in instead of the um, Col- Coleman and Kingston, they had uh, Le- Lena Headley who plays Cer- Cersei in Game of Thrones, and I'm like, okay, you know I'll. You know, I'm interested in what she what she has to say and everything. He would rather have a wet dream with uh, with uh, Alex <laughs> Kingston, but uh, yeah. well, or what reality for that whatever. matter? But <laughs> he'd rather just yeah, he'd rather drool over her. But uh, uh. among other things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, he wouldn't be able to walk for a, a while. But yeah, well, anyway. <laughs> It would, and but it would all be worth it. <laughs> Thank. I didn't say it wouldn't. I just said. <laughs> anyway. But, but uh, thankfully, they did not say anything about series uh, about season six, because I'm only caught up to the. We're only. I'm. We're, we're, we're two caught up to the be, to the yeah. to the end of season five. Yeah. So uh, thankfully, they did not say any. Nobody asked anything about season six. <laughs> But uh, Lena's feisty. <laughs> like at at one point, uh, a guy in the kilt was gonna at, ask a ask a question, and and before before he started, she's like, "Are you wearing any underwear?" <laughs> and I I don't I don't I don't remember what his answer was, but um, kind of part way through. Um, Partway through his question, she kind of um, kind of broke broken, and it's just like I, that how she she was distracted. <laughs> so I don't know if he wasn't wearing underwear or not, or if he just left that up to her imagination. But she had commented, "Is like okay, I just now I now I can't now I <laughs> now I have the image of you not wearing underwear and under under a kilt in my head." But okay, go ahead, <laughs> kind of thing. So. Very nice, very nice. So I mean, it, it was you know it was in, I mean it was I I, en- I enjoyed it, but um, and so then I you know went went out and then I I spent a lot a lot of my time on Saturday people watching. I mean, and why not? You know, about I, I'd say about thirty to forty percent of the people that went were in costume, mm-hmm. and a lot of them were really were really good. good. Um, and um, he sent me a picture. 
I guess that was on was that on Friday or Saturday? No, it was Saturday. He sends me he sends me a, he sends me a picture and he says, "My life would be shorter if I didn't send this to you." Because oh, I'm yes, a, it was Bob, uh, two I'm people dressed as Bob, Bob's Burgers. I'm a huge Bob's Burgers fan, so he sent me a picture of Bob's Burger, and it was Bob and um, his wife. So he sent me he sent me that picture. So I thought that was kind of funny, but. It made me laugh. Because <laughs> you're like, yes, because I would have found out. <laughs> Even though there was no possible way she could have found uh, out. Yeah, you know? I, was just, I was like, whatever. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like she hasn't, it, you know, she can hack into like the CCTV <laughs> <laughs> net network at, at the convention center. But, yeah, you know. But, like, I'm going to find out. But anyway, right. I was, it was just funny. <laughs> but yeah, at, at, at one point on uh, Friday, I'm kind of jumping around here. Um, I just walked, walked around the floor through the vendors and uh, art artist alley and i saw a, a poster i'm like all right um i'm gonna get that tomorrow <laughs> which i've re- recent i actually put put that uh and then on saturday after the lena headley uh panel i went went ahead and bought it and um ends up it was actually the last one that they had <laughs> on saturday morning so um i'll go i'll it's i and i went ahead and put posted it above my tv here and uh i get going Harkening back to Theater of the Mind, here I'll get, um, it's with, uh, both, uh, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. Uh, Poison Ivy's kind of ne- kneeling down, and Har- Harley's kind of kneeling down, hugging her, f- uh, from behind. And, um, it's, it's, it's very, it's very much, um, uh, uh, I would say it's suggestive that there is a relationship going on. But but it's definitely not raunchy or salacious, by my opinion. So, because um, uh, you could read into it whatever you want. Yeah, it could be it could be. It's it's childlike in some ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's dirty in other ways. So you could you could read into it what you want. And I mean, I, I, I've been, I've mentioned this before that, um, that through a good portion of my, my puberty, I spent a lot of af- afternoons watching Batman the animated series. And so kind of look, looking back there, I mean, it's very little surprise how much that, that, how much of a resemblance that the girlfriends I've had over the years re- resemble either Poison Ivy or Harley Quinn. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought so. Which is funny because when, when you met Barbie and me, that's what you said. That when we, when we were so, when we, when we, when we first met, you were like, Barbie yeah, I, looks yeah, at Barbie. Yeah. Barbie looks like Harley, and <laughs> you look like Scarlet. And I have the best of both worlds. We actually discussed that. That was kind of funny. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah. And then um, I also I um, then I went to. Well, I was I was wait, waiting for the Carrie El, the panel for Carrie El was or the line for the panel of Carrie El was to clear out before i got in line to see john barrowman um this is actually the first first year that he's been at uh denver comic-con or or he was a guest at denver comic-con i don't I, for all i know he's been he's been a uh he's been an an, an attendee all all this time <laughs> and just and just and you know this fifth year he's like all right i'll come in as a guest 
That I don't know, <laughs> but I know this is the first year. I, that I he think was he a would guest. know yeah. because I think that I don't think that he could just be at a con and be quiet about it. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't think he could just be at a con and keep his big fat mouth shut. <laughs> this is John Berriman we're talking about. Right. No, he no. I just don't see that. <laughs> no, I just don't see that. Maybe he could, but I don't. I don't see that. But yeah, I've, I've, um, kind of going into the. I, th- I thought that they did clear the room because I was, bu- I was, bu- um, because Saturday morning while I was sitting in the seat trying to get the schedule thing figured out, um, I was too focused on that. I mean, I don't know if they made that announcement <laughs> that <laughs> we will not, we will not clear the clear the room and blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah. So I didn't know if they made that announcement prior at the. Prior to Lena coming coming out, but because uh, I was, you know, focused on other things, but as, as uh, I kind of w- af- after the Carrie Elwes line kind of cleared out, and I went up and sat sat down, I was like, uh, the, and then someone came out and was like, uh, they don't clear the room. You can go in there, and then you know, and then after people people leave, you can go find find another uh, clo- closer seat for John Barrowman. I'm like, okay, <laughs> and. Uh, Kerry was really humble. I mean, he was. Re- I mean, he for every every person that came up and a- asked a question, he made a point of. A- it's like, okay, what's your name? And um, he he actually went. Uh, and there's like no barrier in between the or the audiences and the and the stage. And so there, on a few occasions, he actually actually went went down and like gave gave and uh, gave gave him a hug. Nice. And like for for whatever reason, like a little, little like a seven eight year old kid, like came, you know, it's like, oh, you're too cute. You're getting a hug, <laughs> kind of kind of thing. And um, one one per and you know there was a big like TV camera or whatever, and and that that showed you know the up to like two screens up uh, above the stage and someone asked him was like you look in look it was like actually it was a last it was a last question and someone asked you know could you look into that this camera and say those three words (laughs) 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 and 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 he and you know he kind of looked looked down with his face he was probably he was probably blushing i don't know he's like you don't really want to hear it and then you know huge cheer erupted he's like okay okay as you wish (laughs) and kind of and, and ended it like that and then um and so a number of people cleared out, but a number of people didn't. But I went down and found found got a better seat. And and John Berryman actually came came out wearing a dress of a character from uh, Supernatural, and and a wig, and he was wearing heels. <laughs> And for people that know John John Berryman, it's like yeah, that's very much within his. Yep. Thing, so. <laughs> And on, uh, I think it was, uh, so that, I mean, very, very entertaining. So, um, I'm at, at, um, there, there were a couple, couple times when, you know, some, someone would a- ask a, you know, what, what's the weirdest story, uh, you know, that happened on the set of, you know, insert, insert show. And he's like, wait, how old are you? 
16? Okay, I can't answer that question. Now, some someone <laughs> over the age of 18 asked the same question. Because <laughs> it involved... Yeah, anyway. And then um, on it was on Thursday that I heard he was having a private event at a... At, uh, what was it? Kurt, Curtis Hotel, like three blocks away. And... Um, and, and so, you know, I bought, bought a ticket and went and went to that because it was like two, it was like two hours long and it, it was in a small, it was in a small room, like pick, uh, like, like the, av- the, like the average, average size of the a regular panel room or whatever. And like, like the small, like the, like the smaller, like cosplay stuff or, or, or what, or, or like, um, like one of the rooms that the Star Wars panel, panels that, uh, you and I went Scarlet last year. If, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can think back, <laughs> back that far to the size of those, that, that mm-hmm. room or whatever, that's about the size of the room we were in. So, and of course, anybody listening that, Never, but anyway, so they have no frame of reference. But um, there, I would say there are le- less than a hundred people in that room. So there, there are like maybe a hundred people in there. So, um, so a very, very intimate event. He actually brought to his husband Scott and his two parents, and um, there. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't share that share that story. Um, <laughs> that, that's just yet yeah, no, <laughs> that's just wrong. Um, but um, I at to to close close. We actually uh, the event actually went forty five minutes over, <laughs> and uh, some someone uh, at the end uh, you know mentioned that they were pansexual and you know they had just came came out to their parents and you know but how what what would you say you know or someone that you know when they come out to their parents and their parents disown them and he's like you know um and he's he's been very out about being gay for many years um actually the the queen of england had um I, I forget what the what the official thought or what, but the Queen of England actually recognized him as a as an advocate for the LGBTGI Friday whatever. <laughs> no, I, I know that's not it, but they keep adding letters. <laughs> but uh, you know, to the to the non heterosexual community. So I mean, what? So yeah, I mean, he's been. Um, and so, you know, he, he would, then he talked about, he shared his own experience, uh, he, cause he knew at a very young age at like five or six that he was different, that he wasn't like a lot of other guys. He didn't know that it was because he liked other guys, but he knew, and so I, and in the story, he's, he's like, he came, came out when he was like 12 or 13. And, you know, he came out and pretty much said, listen, either you go with me on this or I'm prepared to leave. To, I'm, I'm prepared to disown you if you, if you don't accept this about me. And his, and then his dad gave, gave him the same. And it was just like, what are you fucking nuts? Why would we do that? And then his mom mentioned, it's like, I don't understand any 
a, a mother that would disown her son when he, co- when he comes out to her as gay. Because, you know, you go through all of those experiences of, you know, the nine months gestation and the labor and you, and, you know, you see him as he grow, grows up through, you know, through adolescence and everything. I don't, I don't understand a, a woman that having gone through that, one, one, uh, when her son comes up very vulnerable, sharing this information, I how can you cast that as uh, how can you cast that as, aside as a mother? And and um, they're they're like in their eighties, <laughs> so um, so I mean, which is you know that that but. Yeah, that kind of that kind of sh- shook my <laughs> my preconception of, you know, it's like okay, and um, they actually disowned a couple of friends of theirs that they they were at like some kind of dinner party. Uh, John was like uh, uh, at a, a, like an event or whatever, and so they were at a, at a dinner party and with like these are friends that they've known for years. And at one point their friends re- reveal that, you know, they ought to take all the gays and lesbians, put them on an Island and burn them. Wow. And, and so as, as they put, put their drinks down, grab their stuff and left. And, wow. and, and so their, their friends call friends call and was like, what, what the, it's like, we don't associate with bigots. And then and hunt up, and that and that that's how they ended the evening. <laughs> so, what I mean, so yeah, that I mean that I I really, inch, um, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but but yeah, it was it was hard. F- I mean, it's kind of hard for me to believe that John Barrowman's forty nine. Looks good. <laughs> Looks really yeah, good. Yeah, for for a man of that, I mean, he, I mean, to me, he doesn't look look much old, much older than like in mid thirties. So, but, but yeah, I read. I mean, I've I've enjoyed. Um, I've 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 enjoyed enjoyed his uh, his time on Doc, Doctor Who. That was my first. Uh, uh, my my f- first ex- exposure to him. Um, still haven't wa- watched uh, a minute of Torchwood, <laughs> which weird. <laughs> I poisoned yeah. him against that because <laughs> through through the first three uh, se- seasons, maybe it was the first four. Um, that any any time that there was some kind there some kind of a tan- tangential reference to Torchwood. <laughs> Scarlet would point it out. I would just say, "Oh, that's so. from Torchwood. Oh, that's from Torchwood." <laughs> I poisoned him against it, and he just said, "Okay, I'm never watching Torchwood." Well, so. well I, I didn't put it in those words. It's like, well, now I feel like I've watched Torchwood, so because <laughs> <laughs> because you pointed everything that that uh, that is ref- references Torchwood, so you know, <laughs> you really should watch it. It's it's pretty good, but but it's um, it. I didn't really become like a big fan, fan of his until I look I looked up John Barrowman panel on YouTube and j- just saw as his unabashed authenticity and vulnerability that he exhibits on stage. Like there there I mean you see him on on a the panel there's I mean there's no 
pretense. I mean, there's like, yes, this is John. <laughs> this is John Berman that we're seeing. And um, actually, at the end of the panel at uh, the Comic-Con, he, he well, in, in both of them, he finished it off by singing, actually. Um, and the first, the Comic-Con pa- panel, he, fin- um, it was a, it was a musical number. It was like, I, I am what I am. And kind of, it kind of goes off, you know, be, again, be, you know, not, not wearing masks and, um, and just being unabashedly yourself. So, which, which I thought was, re- I, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and end it there awkwardly. <laughs> I still think so. you have to tell the story that you, you said that you didn't want to tell. I think you should tell it. Are you sure? Yes. I mean, okay. okay. It may be inappropriate, but I think you should tell it. It's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so it's... Um, all right, I'll go ahead and share it. I think it's um, It it really It really put a... Uh, uh, really kind of put the bricks quickly put the break brakes on the and then um but any there's a the room where there's a there's like an open open deck and uh you can see the the hotel across the street the i think it's the four seasons and there's a woman with the blinds were pulled up so you could see into the room and you know she um uh, someone pointed out that she was at various stages of un- undress, and so John was like, "Wait, what?" And then you know, when looking, and you know, she she, and then at at the time that both John and I lo- looked, uh, she was wearing a robe, and then late later on, later on in the event, someone was in the mi- middle of asking a question, and there's like. Oh, she's got she she's she's at the window again, <laughs> and it, this time she was not wearing a robe, and so we we all got we all and so for like uh, about ten ten seconds we all got got a nice side boob shot, <laughs> and then and and then she kind of went through, so we couldn't actually see and then and so John grabbed a flashlight. From one of the security guards <laughs> to kind of signal its, you know, kind of uh, did a strobe light kind of effect, pointed toward towards the towards the room, and then then you saw it kind of go up, and um, I think it, you know, kind of went down to like where we could almost see the nipple. But there's like, oh wait, people can see me, and then and you, and you see her like slowly slink down, <laughs> and 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 the, and I I I just picture her like, okay, I gotta close those. Bl- wait, how do I close? Damn it! <laughs> so, so she went up on whatever piece of furniture that was next to the window, and. We we saw a little bit more, <laughs> and and and, lo- and and lowered the blinds. 
<laughs> nice. And then he shared his own his own story about about when he got he got caught in in much much the same fashion that he was with a close close friend friend of her listening to like a, it was uh, Mumford and Sons, and you know he's very he's very free with his name. so you know he he en- ended up. Um, you know they were all all dancing, and you know the wind, you know blind, blinds were open and everything, you know. And he mentioned doing the helicopter, <laughs> <laughs> and and just the, there was a hotel right across the street, and so the next morning, um, one you know one he 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 was like down, um having like breakfast or whatever. One of his friends who stayed in the in that hotel, he was like. So have have fun last night, John. He's like, yeah, no, 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 no. nice helicopter. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, next time you might want to check check the blinds before you dance naked in your room because everybody in my hotel got a show. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so now on that um, note, yeah. <laughs> Um, thankfully we never, we never heard from the four seasons, <laughs> you know, hey, don't do, blah, 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 blah. yeah, so, okay, that's a better, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go ahead and end it there, <laughs> so, um, I do thank, thank you for listening, uh, through, through all of that, uh, random rabble, <laughs> but, um, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. All those links can be found on the contact page of hovpodcast.net. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at hovpodcast. And you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash honest.open.vulnerable. And you can email us at hovpodcast at gmail.com. 